some of the things, I'm going to just share with you a few things the Lord spoke to me about this year about you. Because every year, you know, we've gotten prophecy number and number of times about lengthening our cords, strengthening our stakes. And the Lord said that He is making you, His believers, He's making you, His children, stakes. And He is staking you and planting you with His anointing and His grace where you are. In school, in college, at your home. He is staking, He's proclaiming, this is my property, these are my people. But you're not only also the stakes of the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And it also says in verse 4 that we are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And what the Lord started in the Garden of Eden, you are the trees that God is planting. And the word trees there means the supply for those who are hungry and needy. And God is transforming you not only to be stake and take the ground, but also to be available to meet the needs of the people. And this year is going to be a year where I've already had a few come tell me of praying for people in the hospital, of ministering to people's needs. But this is going to be a year where you're going to be doing things and ministering to people like you thought you never would. What can I do? The Lord says, I'm going to use you as trees of righteousness. But there's also something else I want to share with you. How many of you know that the tabernacle in the wilderness was movable? And then the ark was movable. How many know you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And so you are not only the stakes of the housing of God. You're not only the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified for all the good that is done in your life and through you. But also, you, you are also the moving tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. You are the moving presence. That means that when God wants to go in the hospital, guess who He wants to move in? You know, it says in the book of Acts, in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. But let me share something else. In you, He lives, He moves, and He has His being. Amen. So you're going to sense in your spirit times where you're going to be called to minister and to touch people. You know, about two years ago, I was invited and I was able to give our mayor here in Pineville his charge and, and be one of the, those to put him in position as mayor. And it was honor and a privilege. But I need you to be praying for me this Sunday as I've received the invitation to go participate and put our new governor in office. How many of you that is an honor and a blessing? Amen. It's all God. It's all God. Because how many of you know there's a lot of churches and a lot of ministers in Louisiana? And so I just feel blessed and honored, and I want you all to be praying for me, and I want you to be praying for me, especially next Sunday as we're on that platform. And you may say, well, what are you going to pray? Well, for one, how many of you know we believe in prophecy? And this is the prophetic word for Louisiana given by, by Brother Chuck and Brother, uh, uh, Brother Chuck Pierce and, uh, Dutch Sheets. I am beginning to lift the veil dwelling on the state. As it begins to lift, look for spring rain. Spring is coming to this state and you can expect much rain. I will start the cleansing process in this state not seen in many years. I am coming now in your midst. I will cleanse the government. All the nation will see the cleansing on this state. Ask me for the rain, the rain of cleansing. The rain of the fall will bring crop of conversions. The death veil will begin to lift. Faith has arisen in my people and the veil has begun to tear. Shout amen somebody. It doesn't matter what has covered you in the past or what you've been known for. It is new, different day. 
The Lord is ready to rip the veil off so you can see the host of heaven operating in your midst. This is your year to see. And you must see. See the reproach on the government of this state lift and take a change and take a different course. I'd like to stop right there and just tell you that in Louisiana in the last 150 years, we've had 40 Democratic governors and only 10 Republican governors in 150 years. Now, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that in 150 years with 40 Democratic governors, and now we have our 10th Republican governor, how many would call that a change? I'm going to take a course and change. For you have allowed me to bring a knife into this state and I will perform circumcision. I am cutting away what has been held in place and what has influenced and caused you to miss prosperity. I will cut away and I will establish a new and fresh leadership. Rise up new and fresh in the next 18 months. As they rise, the nation will be affected by the course of this state. We declared that deadness that had entered the church because of unbelief will break. We prayed that the enemy would be outwitted in Louisiana. We have asked the Holy Spirit to detach the spirit of infirmity and trauma from the people of Louisiana. We've declared that the government of God would shift completely and immediate change would come to civil government. We declared that the blocked doors would open, new influences would arise, new release of supply would come into the path of God's people. We shut the door of rivalry and opened the door to glory. And any influence from this state on the nation arise now. We declare that the eyes will be open to see new supply. There will be an opening of supply and release and a transference of wealth to the kingdom of God. We've addressed the spirit of poverty. We declare that the voice of wisdom would arise now and the rear guard of God would be established and that Louisiana as a state would, would be propelled forward into what God has for her. Amen. We declare that Louisiana will come to life and that a desire for righteousness will flood the state. We declare that the river of righteousness would run into the government. We break the power of barrenness over this state. And we declare the hostility would come off of the womb of Louisiana. Can I hear an amen? We are saying that Louisiana has a giant slaying anointing in the name of Jesus. Do you receive that? Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is going to be doing mightily things in your life this year. One of the things I feel, and I've been talking about the area of maturity, because the Word of God says, for unto us a child is born. But I know He didn't stay a child. A son is given. And how many of you know that Jesus was the seed, that the seed cannot reproduce, reproduce of its own self unless it gives itself? And Jesus came and he gave of himself so that he could reproduce for the Father sons like unto him. He came to demonstrate what sonship is all about. He came to demonstrate what we are called to act like and operate like. Do you know for over 4,000 years God wanted a son? All he had was servants. But when Jesus came, he opened the way so that we could be sons and daughters of the Most High God. The book of Romans chapter 8 is one of the most powerful books in the Bible. And it talks about there in verse 19 that the whole world and earth waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. In one translation it says that the whole world and earth 
raises up upon his tiptoes in anticipation to see the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Brother Joe, can I use you this morning, please? I want to use you as an example. And while he's coming, I want you to think about something. How many of you know that you are royalty? How many know you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God? Now, I'll take Brother Joe, for example. I'm so proud of this brother. He is the newsman of Channel 5. How many of y'all see him on TV? He's famous. And I'm so proud of this young man having a strong, spirit-filled believer on the news. Now, I, don't, I know he had a good upbringing with his mom and dad because we know them and his sister and his brother. But can you imagine if Joe would have been brought up, walk over here with my brother, if he would have been brought up and from his birth he would have been told, Joe, you're going to be the best anchor man for the 21st century. Can you imagine if he would have been raised up in a home where there would have been pictures of concrete, con- uh, Walter Conkright, Glenn Beck, O'Reilly. No, I remember Walter Conkright. I, I saw him. I grew up seeing him in black and white. And can you imagine all the famous reporters in time? Geraldo. You would have, and I know he's still living the others do. But can you imagine if you would have been raised in a house with all them pictures? And your mom and dad would have walked you and you see, Joel, you see these newscasters? You see there's an empty frame back there? Because that's where we're going to put your picture. Because you were born to be the best anchorman in the 21st century. And you are going to bring a change and a shift to news on Channel 5 and in central Louisiana. And I'm going to use you mightily and, and since birth. Can you imagine what type of anchorman? He's a good one. But can you imagine what he would be like today if from birth he would have been given the mentality of being the best anchor man Central Louisiana was ever going to have? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? You weren't told that you were born to be an anchor man, were you, when you were small? No, I mean, mom and dad just blessed me. They, they didn't. They didn't ever try to put me in a box. You know, they they said. They said, whatever you want to do, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're here for you. And they, they just, they set that foundation and, yeah. um, and just, just let me, let me find my own path. Let and you I'm find your own path. For that. And you're blessed for that. Let's give Joel and his family a hand. Thank you, Brother Joel. Amen. And I want to use that example, but also talking about royalty. And we have people from England here. Now, I've never been to England yet, but I've got a son who's crazy about England. His room's all decorated in English stuff. And I want to go to England one day. I didn't, I didn't go to England, but I've seen the movie, The Queen. And I've seen a few movies. And, and, and what you see is that when the little baby's born, who's royalty, he's told from birth, you're going to be king of England one day. You're going to be queen of England one day. And they train them from birth. I mean, they have a royal pacifier. They have a royal crib. They have royal blankets. And they live in an atmosphere of royalty because in the palace where they're raised, they have all the pictures of their ancestors. King so-and-so, queen so-and-so. He did this. She did that. And they're raised in an atmosphere to where they're constantly seeing that they come from royal blood. 
that they were born to be a king. They were born to be a queen. And they're raised in such a way that they're raised to believe on different than others. And when they get up in age, even Tony Blair was told the first time he met the queen, don't look at her in the eyes. Put your eyes down a little bit. Why? She's the queen. Can you imagine if you and I were raised in an atmosphere to where from birth we were trained that we were royalty from the kingdom of God. Can you imagine that if you had been raised, no matter how you were raised, in an atmosphere, Daddy, I messed up today. Well, bless God, let's pray, and you're going you're gonna to pass it totally tomorrow. Can you imagine if you were raised in an atmosphere saying, Son, I'm proud of you. You, you have a spirit of excellence upon you. You are going to win in life. You're going to marry the right lady. You're going to have the most wonderful children in the world. You're going to be a success in high school. You're, you, thank God you weren't born for drugs and alcohol. You were born to succeed. I can just see what a warrior you are. I can see how successful you are. Can you imagine that if a child is told that from birth all of his life, he wouldn't need things of this world to fill the void because he would be raised with the mentality, I'm not from this earth, I'm from above. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. The Word of God says that we reign in this life by Jesus Christ. So can you imagine that if we were trained that way, and we all quote the Scripture, train up a child in the way he should go. But I want to say today, Train up the sons and daughters of God in the way that they should go, in the way of Christ Jesus, the firstborn from the dead. And they will never depart all the days of their life from the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. The world is waiting for the manifestations of the true sons and daughters of God. When I was a kid, I remember watching cowboy shows and seeing buffaloes on TV and it was awesome to see the buffaloes running on TV. It was awesome to watch Johnny Wazemeller or Tarzan and see the elephants. But there came a day that I got to pet real buffaloes and see real buffalo herds. And the real thing outdid what I saw on TV. The day came where Cody and I rode an elephant. And petting and riding an elephant was a whole different experience than seeing an elephant on TV. Seeing llamas and condors on TV was a whole lot different when I was in South America and I had condors flying over my house and llamas wild in the fields. It's one thing to see it in man's way. It's another thing to experience it through your own eyes, your own ears, and the touch of a son and a daughter of God. The world has gotten a man's eye view of what the church is supposed to look like. But can you imagine that if you read the Word of God and you say, this is my lifestyle. This is the type of life I'm going to live. I'm going to live a life casting out devils, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I'm going to live a, live a lifestyle of perfect health. I'm going to live a lifestyle of blessings and peace and prosperity. And I'm not only going to live it for myself, but I'm going to have it in abundance to be able to give to others. Why? Because they're trembling and waiting and on their tiptoes in anticipation to see the true manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. How many wants to be a manifestation for the glory of God? Come on, say amen. A true manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. Look with me there in Romans chapter 8.
Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 19. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons. Somebody say sons. Sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondages to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. How many sons of power and deliverance do we have in the house this morning? Come on, raise your hands. You are the manifestation of the God who is a deliverer who abides and resides on the inside of you. You are a manifestation of the Lord God, your healer, who resides and abides and moves through you. You are a manifestation of the power of the provision of God who resides upon you. You've received of His divine nature to use dominion on this earth. You are sons and daughters of God who can say, with my God, with my Father, nothing is impossible because I believe. How many can say amen? Amen. Now, this is one reason there's been so, there's so much division going on in the church. But especially, last week I touched this, I want to touch it again, especially in the areas of husbands and wives. Why? When God gave dominion and authority, He gave it to a couple. He gave it to Adam and Eve and gave them, gave them dominion and authority. And when the enemy comes in and his tool is to try to bring division in a body and try to bring division in a home and try to bring division between a husband and a wife and bring division between, between a brother and a sister, a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister, is the enemy's way to water down the dominion and the, the limit and limit the manifestation of what God wants to show forth through his people. But we are taking communion and we are rebuilding And we are seeing healing to every relationship and the very atmosphere of this church and the churches in our area, in our city. The unity in our cities, the unity in this state is going to be transformed. as We are continually proclaiming and taking communion that by the blood and through the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is coming a unity in homes, in churches, between bodies so that we will be able to stand in the dominion that God gave us and we will be able to defeat the enemy in any area that he tries to attack this land in or homes in, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to just encourage you, husbands and wives, don't allow anything to bring division and conflict between you. You keep the unity at all price. And I want to tell you as a church... We have the National Day of Prayer in May. Congress is now deciding to make a National Day of the Ten Commandments on the third Sunday of the month of May. May is a very important month. But it was a month for us here that things started happening. People started talking. Sin in the camp started manifesting. And people got mad because we wanted to deal with the sin. But I say... That 07 was prophetically proclaimed to be a year where God was going to move in unity in the body. And the devil did his best to try to bring division in this body like he did with other churches that were in the paper. The enemy did his best to try to tear down the unity of our city. 
But I've got good news. The devil didn't win. And the devil's not going to win. Because we will not compromise in pleasing men when this is the house of God. And we are not going to compromise the will and the desire of men or the mindsets of men and women to get, try to get a just a right now unity, a today unity that won't last because men will always rise up against men. But when you get a hold of the unity of God, that's when devils tremble. When there's a body that says, I will not take offense." And I will not get angry and I will not threaten and I will not do what I have to do to have my way. But I will do whatever I can to stay in love and unity. The devil trembles. Now when we fight and when we get into disunity, when we murmur and complain, when we talk about one another, that just makes hell start rolling and laughing and saying, ha ha, they're losing again. But I'm tired of seeing the body of Christ lose. I'm tired of hearing divorces on TV. I'm tired of hearing of all these different things and having full pages in the paper about division and strife. I'm ready to start seeing our paper talk about signs and wonders and unity and the blessings of God. And I proclaim that's going to happen in 08 in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, dominion has to be manifested this year. And I was watching the news, and I don't know if I'm saying his name right, the president of Iran, Mohammed Ahamidakah. I know I didn't say that right, but you know who I'm talking about? Now listen to this. I want to use this as an example this morning. This Iranian president that's just a little higher than the podium, this little man said this, and it's a spirit in him talking. He said... He has said he has begun, he has been given the presidency of Iran to provoke a clash of civilizations, a clashing of kingdoms. He said that the Muslim world led by Iran will take on the infidel West led by the U.S. and defeat it. He said that the Islamic superpowers has advantages over the infidel. He said that Islam has four times the fighting men as the West with its aging population. He believes he was placed in his position to finish the work of his, of his hero, uh, whatever his name was, and bring about an end-time event that would result in the spread of an Islamic revolution far beyond the boundaries of Iran. He will use whatever means at his disposal, suicide bombers, Dirty bombs, missiles carrying nuclear payloads in order to achieve his goal. He firmly believes in the soon return of the 12th Ayman, a character of Iranian mythology that can be resurrected through a huge worldwide struggle. His grasp of this concept was spilled over into his speeches, including an address to the UN, where he boldly called for the emergency of the perfect human being who is heir to all prophets and pious men. Here's this little man in this little country that stands up and gets all this attention and speaks so boldly and so loudly that the United States is weak 
Our young men are weak. Our defense system is weak. He said publicly that our soldiers are scared of dying. He said all these things publicly. And I started thinking, if that fruitcake can talk that boldly, publicly, internationally, around the world, his little non-significant voice can be heard around the world and he has not got the power to back it up, why don't the church rise up like that small, sick infidel and speak out and let the world know we have a voice? Do you hear me, church? Do you hear me? Do you hear me today? Everybody wants to, oh, did you hear what he had to say? If he can be bold to speak out for Satan and lies and myths, why can't the church rise up this year and be bold? They say, what is your opinion of homosexuality? Well, this is our opinion. We love them, but that lifestyle will send them to hell. Amen. What is your opinion on jokes? What is your opinion on living with somebody for you guys? What is your opinion? If the Bible calls it sin, it's sin. It's not about being politically correct. It's about speaking what God has already spoken about it. And not making excuses for it. But that little man can challenge, and the people are singing songs. We watch Iranian TV and, and, and Israeli TV on satellite. We, we listen to, to them. And all that they say, and all the put-downs, it teaches you what demons do against the church. You're weak. You will never get out of that sin. You will never see better days. You're just a puny human. We are strong demonic forces. We own this world. You have nothing to stand on. You will never see better days. And we just lay down and we listen to the devil's newscast constantly. And some even fear you won't get healed. You'll die with that disease. And all Satan is is a puny, fallen angel. Fallen angel where you are a risen son. It says in Romans chapter 8 that if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is also the same Spirit that crushed Satan under his feet, if that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it's going to heal and make alive your mortal bodies. Now, I want to read something to you in closing, because my time just goes so fast on Sundays now. How many of you know that little puny man? He can talk all he wants to. But if you don't mind, I want to talk about him. I want to repeat over him what my father said. Look with me in Isaiah 14. My father, God. I just want to show you that when everybody, when these people are speaking their stuff, 
when the devil's making his parade? I don't care what nation it is. I don't care what they show they have and, and how weak they try to show we are. He said that he has... He said in his report that he has... Uh, Weapons of mass destruction. But how many know America has weapons of total destruction? How many of you know the church has weapons of total destruction? How many of you know that you, as a child of God, a son of God, has weapons of total destruction of the enemy? Amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Now listen, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, here's this little Amar Hadhar talking. And I got news for him according to the word of God. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Now, if God could kick Lucifer and a third of the angels out, I think he can handle this little Peter Pan of a leader who believes in mythology. Now, I know they're crazy and I know they got weapons and, and I know the people there need Jesus and we're praying for their salvation. But when I heard that man speak with such boldness and then I hear people making stuff up and sounding weak on TV and on, even in church, I thought it's time to get back to the gospel. And it says here, how art thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? And we proclaim Islam is being cut down to the ground. Which didst weaken the nations. Which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt Islam or my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Ho, oh, ho. But yet thou shalt be brought down to hell the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, Is this the man? You see, this is what you've got to see. I don't care if it's Marilyn Manson and uh, who's that freaky painted guy? Marilyn Manson? Yeah. And Charles Manson? I don't care who it is. They're just puny people that have a spirit, a principality, power, and wicked spirit behind them. But we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the King of Righteous behind us. And I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? How I many you know every time these antichrists rise up? I don't care whether it's in China, North Korea, Russia. Now the Russian president's went and worked out, takes his shirt off because he wants to show he's tougher than Bush. Bush ain't interested in arm wrestling the president, Russian president. He's got his shirt off and he's got a little bit of muscles. Well, guess what? Our president has hair. <laughs> we ain't worried about your outward appearance. 
You ain't impressing us. Is this the man that made the earth tremble and did shake the nations? Just the finger of God makes the earth shake and tremble. That made the world a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. That opened not the house of his prisoners. All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. And as the raiment of those that are slain thrust through with a sword that go down into the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of evildoers shall never be reowned. Prepare slaughter for his children, for the iniquity of their fathers, that they do not rise, nor possess the land, nor fill the face of the world with cities. For I will rise against them, saith the Lord of hosts, and look at this, and cut off from Babylon the name and remnant and son and nephew, saith the Lord. Verse 24 in the New American Standard says, I will also make it a possession for the hedgehog, the swamps of water, and I will sweep it with a broom of destruction, declares the Lord. This is not an age to be worrying about the voices of leaders of the nation. This is the time to get in tune with the voice of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is the time that they that are sons of God know are led by the Spirit of God and know the voice of God. And when we read these things and we hear these things, we've got to not only be praying for Bobby Jindal as we put him in office, but we've got to pray for him every day that this government is going to walk in a righteous way and that he will not be contaminated. The Scripture the Lord gave me about this invitation is Proverbs chapter 30, 31, verse 1, where it says, When... You get invited to the king's table. Not if, but when you get invited to the king's table. Well, I want you to know, God is doing something in the politics of the United States. God is doing something in the churches and in the young people and in the children at all ages of America. There is a stirring and a shifting. And God is going to bring America to the point to where we're going to look upon the man. We're going to look upon the politics. We're going to look upon the governments. We're going to hear their advances. We're going to hear their cries of death and destruction. But at the same time, just like the Father, our Father, we are going to respond with the sword and the word of God. Because we know that this is the year of the sword. The clashing of the kingdoms of heaven, earth, and hell. And we know that this is the time to take our legal dominion and right and stand up and say, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and in America and in England and across the nations. We're not a people that we go and we hide in a little hole and we say, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. You say, what happens if they do drop their bombs? I'll still believe in Jehovah, the El Shaddai, who caused the three Hebrew children to walk in fire that was seven times hotter. I believe the harder the times get, the more the manifestation of those who are in the lights going to be shining out. I believe in these days, not that we desire the destruction of any of those people. We desire them to see. That we're not waiting on the Messiah. 
The Messiah has already come and redeemed us and delivered us and lives inside of us. You know what Islam is waiting for? To see the manifestation of the true sons and daughters of God. Do you know what atheist and Buddhist and all the paganism and religions around the world are waiting for? To see the results of the true sons and daughters of God. And that we won't have to speak it. The deeds will speak for themselves. I believe we've got, we're getting to that point where the church is going to be able to handle raising the dead and not trying to get all popular because they did it. I believe that the works are going to glorify God and not going to glorify man. I believe it's going to be the humble, ordinary saints who are going to do the works of Jesus Christ. I believe you'll raise the dead before I raise the dead. Because I believe that God wants to use ordinary believers who dare to believe and walk in the anointing and the authority of Jesus and take their rightful position in Christ and say, Lord, you do the works because of your name, not because of who we are. God is raising up a people to demonstrate sonship and authority in this hour. And I'm looking at them. I'm looking not at children, but sons and daughters of the Most High God. I'm looking at those who have given their life and who are ready to be used mightily by God. I'm looking at grandparents and parents, young people and children, singles. I'm looking at what the body of Christ consists of so that He become glorified. I'm looking at the heroes of today. I'm looking at the shakers of central Louisiana and the world today. I'm looking at those who are laying hands on the sick and they're recovering today. I'm looking at a blessed, prosperous people who are going to arise with testimonies as everyday occurrences because they believe in their God and trust in Him. I believe that you are not going to be the same this year, but you're going to rise up bold because if somebody can be bold for what they believe and there's nothing backing it up, how much bolder should we be who believe and have all the kingdom of God and His Word backing it up? We will not retreat this year. We will not fall under the burden or fall under fear this year. We will arise and take dominion You will take dominion over things that have risen up against you. You are going to rise up against it. And you are going to bring it down. And you are going to tear it down. And you are going to dance and rejoice of what the Spirit of God living inside of you has done for the glory of the Word of God. You are going to do it this year. You are going to do it this year. And Jesus is going to be saying, Father, look at them go. This has been your dream from the beginning of time. Not running to a man, but standing under God-given authority and using it against the enemy and prevailing and winning with it. That's the children I've been looking for all this time. And that's what God is getting ready to do to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I have to stop there. But tonight... I'm going to be sharing some certain things that we've got to be doing this year, 6 o'clock when we come back. But I want you to stand upon your feet.